0: live from London this is the Twilight show with Leanne Latz
1: hello and welcome to the Thursday Twilight show we are going to be talking qualifications into teaching and also how to get out of teaching so uh, very glad that you guys are here with me tonight and hope you had a good Thursday happy Thursday everybody!
0: Live from London, this is The Twilight Show with Leanne Latz on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TTRadio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio.
1: well hello everybody hi to all the live listeners and to those who have downloaded the episode welcome back to the show it is lovely to have you all here tonight whether you are listening right now thursday night or maybe saturday night in bed with a cup of tea it is really nice to have you back back here on my original time slot the thursday twilight show at six o'clock till seven thirty. um Hope you're here with a cup, of, a cup of tea, cup of coffee, whatever you need to get you through the evening. Um, how's your week been? I actually can't believe that spring one is nearly over before it begins. Kind of scary. Uh, but however, we made it, technically, I think we made it to Friday, which means technically we have made it to the weekend. So uh, welcome to the Thursday show where, yeah, we're nearly at the weekend. Uh, I want to introduce my guests to you today. I've got some great guests back. haven't been on the airwaves for quite some time, so it's lovely to start it with a really nice show about getting into teaching, and possibly getting out of teaching, and where you can go next. So first of all, I have Amy, Amy Wright. Uh, At the moment, Amy is currently on mat leave from her job. She is a secondary English teacher. She has taught for 13 years in a mixture of schools, both inner city and rural schools. Prior to having children, she was a whole school more able lead, uh, raising Standards Lead for Key Stage 5 English and she qualified as a Master of Arts and Education in 2013. After Amy I have on the lovely Stephanie Carlin. Stephanie, Stephanie is a former teacher and middle leader with over a decade's experience. She now trains and coaches teachers and leaders uh, inside and outside of the classroom. So like I said before we're going to start with uh, getting into teaching and we're going to end the show with Getting out of teaching. Never say there's no logic to the Thursday twilight show because there is. Um, As always I thought I'd go back to my kind of format that I've always had before and I'm gonna start as I always did with Leanne's list. Just some things that popped into my head as the day goes by. I've started to realise that I'm possibly a little bit, uh, what would the word be, start doing one task, another task pops into my head and I go and do it just to make sure I don't forget to do it. So. Think for instance today i was marking english books and then i decided to organize a box of numicon go back to the english books so like please tell me i'm not alone in this as a teacher that i do one job and then another job pops into my head and i think oh my god i must go and do it so i don't forget it and this is probably why my brain is so exhausted by the end of the day because my brain is jumping around all the time just like like my legs are jumping around so physically exhausted and mentally exhausted and now i know why um, so first on my list for this evening are TAs, teachers, assistants, classroom assistants, whatever you would like to call them. I mean, aren't they just fabulous? Like actual fabulous people, lifesavers. I also, I think I'm gonna go back to assistants, hopefully with um, Amy, but I just think they're fabulous. I have the most amazing assistants and I just don't know how you do it without them. I actually went on a training course once when I was in NQT about assistants because I think one of the teacher standards is how do you use your assistance effectively? And I remember sitting there and thankfully, like luckily, I've always had an assistant. I don't think that's common. I think a lot of primary teachers don't have assistants. I'm not sure. But I think high school, it's not a thing at all. If there's any high school teachers out there listening, uh, let me know if that's true, if it's not true. But um, I just think they're fabulous. And I went on this training course, and they were talking about how to use a TA and they did a survey around the room of like when do you have your TA, how often do you have an assistant um, and they asked who has an assistant all the time and luckily I put my hand up, thank thankfully, um, I put my hand up and then they said and who has an assistant like part of the day and a few people put their hand up and this one teacher, and we were NQTs at the time, like I'm 10 years in. Uh, we were NQTs at the time, and she said, I I actually don't know why I'm here because I never have an assistant. I thought, wow, like to never have an assistant, and I'm teaching year one at the moment with five and six year olds, I just don't know how you do it. I I think teachers, (coughs) primary teachers that do it without one, are amazing and they must have like such structures in place for their classrooms, I don't even know. I take my hat off to the, the, the classroom teachers that are doing it by themselves, because my TAs are so super valuable. And I just wouldn't be able to, I just think they're they're brilliant, um, almost like mini teachers. And that's why I wanted to go back to it actually, uh, with Amy, because we're going to talk about qualifications into teaching. And I think TAs are so often used as mini teachers, and they don't have the qualifications, but we still trust them to do it, and we we brief them, and we we know we have uh, the right groups with these TAs to kind of push them forward and to help us progress our classes. So yeah, TAs, big topic for tonight. My next item on Leanne's list is milk. Yep, I know, I always have like a a strange one on Leanne's list. I've had hair before because I always think That my colleagues who walk around like some teachers have their hair down and i just like mine's always up in a ponytail or in a bun because i just need it like out of my face out of the way let me get on with my work kind of hair (laughs) so whenever i go for a haircut i just say just don't cut it too short can you just make sure that i can still put it up in a ponytail i'm a teacher but some teachers i take my hat off to them you know come in hair down like lovely curly bouncy i can't do that um (laughs) i need it out of my face so i can like think clearly genuinely I think sometimes I go in with it down I just get to work like I can't think because my hair is down I hope that sounds normal I'm not quite sure Um, but it is Thursday so could not be could be a bit of a strange comment um yeah second comment is milk yes milk I love a cup of tea I know some people wake up need a cup of coffee to get them going I need a cup of tea to get me going in the morning and sometimes I'm just so parched at work and all i want is a cup of tea i don't even drink it that hot i'm actually a bit sad i'm like a lukewarm coffee drinker because tea drinker i because i used to work at, in events management i used to work at a football club a very famous football club and i would just never have time to drink it so i kind of just got used to having like lukewarm tea so um like not fussy with the the temperature of the tea and I know staff rooms are great right at providing tea and coffee there's always tea there's always coffee there's always sugar there's always a kettle like amazing there's always milk in the fridge today (laughs) I usually bring in my own like lactose free milk because I'm lactose intolerant and need a cup of tea sometimes just like so parched Uh, very sad went to the fridge opposite my classroom and I did not have a bottle of lactose free milk there was a bottle of milk, massive bottle of milk, just like taunting me, you know? Like, you want a cup of tea, but you won't drink this milk. Because I probably wouldn't be in tomorrow if I did. Um, And the the most, the sadder thing about it is that I had a biscuit. I had some home-baked biscuits that I brought with me, and I was just like, oh, just would have like refreshed me for the rest of the day if I could have had my cup of tea with my biscuit, but it was not meant to be today. So water it was, was a sad moment uh and i, and I want to petition for milk like milk buffets in staff rooms you know cow's milk maybe lactose and free milk, maybe some oat milk that's what i would like so i can have a cup of tea but uh, however tomorrow i will remember to take in my own lactose free milk so i can have my friday cup of tea and um, that is that's point number two i hope someone out there can like uh understand where i'm coming from lactose free milk we need it in staff rooms guys Uh, The third point is like teachers who are out there going on dates I take my hat off to you I have recently become one of those teachers it is hard like we do a very hard job it's physically demanding it's mentally demanding and to come home at the end of the day sometimes I just want to sit on the couch a few minutes when i get home i just not talk to anyone we're surrounded by children we're surrounded by people we're surrounded by questions so i take my hat off to the teachers out there that are going to work coming home getting all spruced up and going out on a date take my hat off to those teachers we are really putting in ahead of a lot of effort at work and in our personal lives so well done to those teachers uh, you guys are amazing and my fourth thing is about time why is it that time seems to go so much faster during break? Like, honestly, you go through a lesson and sometimes you feel like you've been in your classroom for like hours uh, and then they go out to break. Well, it takes them 10 minutes to get to get out to break and then break's over. It's like, I didn't go to the loo. I didn't have a drink. I didn't have my cup of tea. What did I do? And I, yeah, why do the times go so strangely during break? I don't know it, it's a mystery. hard to teach time very hard and that's because time time goes quickly at some parts of the day and time goes slowly in some parts of the day. How do you teach that to six year olds I do not know. um that is it for my Thursday night list. Uh, I hope you could relate to some of the items on my list. hope you're a lactose free milk fan. hopefully you can relate to number two and I really I hope you guys out there who are listening, who are downloading have some fabulous TAs uh, in your classroom that are there, helping you out. Uh, Thought I would just recap my guests. So we've got Amy on first, currently on Matly. We are going to talk about getting into teaching, the qualifications into teaching. I think there's been a lot of discussion recently around which qualifications do you need? Should we allow teachers to have like less qualifications um, into teaching? So that's gonna be our first topic and then we've got Stephanie Carlin on a little bit later in the show and she is going to be talking about like is there life outside of teaching so hopefully you will stay with us for the whole show and I hope you can take something from it um, that will interest you that you can use in your classroom I always like to think that when I go on training courses I'm sitting there ready with my pen and paper to write something down that I can take back to my classroom and like implement straight away So I hope if you're downloading, if you're listening live, you can take something away from this show that will make your teaching life easier, that will make your life after teaching easier, that will make your morning easier, your afternoon, your lunchtime, any time of your day a little bit easier. So I hope there's something really like proactive you can take away from the show that you can put into your daily teaching life. Um, just going to play a news clip. We'll get some adverts on and then we will go to our first guest. So thank you for joining us and hope you will enjoy the
2: show. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, publishing professional development books and resources to support great teaching and learning in schools around the world. Have you checked out their latest releases? Use the code jcttr 23 to four for 20% off your order. Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading.
3: Introducing Eaton X from Eaton College, a diverse range of quality online courses, enabling young people to aspire and excel.
4: Ofsted finds itself in the news again, as inspections, paused for a two-week period to allow inspectors to undertake mental health awareness training, begin again on the 22nd of January. ITV News shared the results of a survey of almost 2,000 school leaders, which showed that 97% support the removal of single word judgements. The survey, carried out by NAHT Union, followed the outcome of the inquest into the death of Ruth Perry. The union has urged Ofsted to implement a number of changes including a mechanism for school leaders to halt an inspection where an inspector's conduct falls below standards extending the notice period schools receive for inspection and asking them to revert to a process however temporarily of ungraded inspections similar to those conducted during the pandemic meanwhile the BBC reports that Ofsted has apologised fully for the first time for the role it played in Ruth Perry's death. The apology came at the same time as Ofsted responded to the coroner's prevention of future deaths notice. In the PFD response, new Ofsted chief Sir Martin Oliver said, such tragedies should never happen again, and that he apologized sincerely for the part inspection played in her death. Since the death of Mrs Perry, schools judged as inadequate on safeguarding alone are now re-inspected within three months. Ofsted also changed its confidentiality rules to allow heads to speak to colleagues, family, friends, and health professionals about outcomes of inspections before the report is actually published. The Department for Education has committed to working with Ofsted to review things during a consultation in the spring, which it is calling the big listen. Education unions praised Ofsted's positive steps, but said they were only the beginning. The weather has been front and centre of the news this week, with schools across parts of Wales and Scotland being forced to close due to snow. Icy conditions and weather warnings made for tricky travel and forced school closures in areas badly affected. For those concerned that the post-pandemic impact of remote learning would mean the end of snow days, pictures on social media and local news prove that this was not always the case. But anyone worried that the icy blasts will last can be assured that the weather is set to return to normal over the next few days. Authors, including Sir Michael Morpogo and Mallory Blackman, have written an open letter urging the government to invest in early years reading. According to a Book Trust survey, only half of children between one and two from low-income families are read to daily, with some families struggling to access books and being in need of support. The letter from authors is addressed to both Prime Minister Rishi Sunak and Labour leader Keir Starmer and says it is not right that children from poorer backgrounds are deprived of a life rich in reading. Sir Michael Mopogo is president of the Charity Book Trust and helped launch their new campaign Get Reading to support disadvantaged children in family reading. He spoke on BBC Radio 4's Today programme saying that the younger that children are introduced to the power of stories, the better chance there is of putting them on an extraordinary pathway of knowledge, understanding and empathy. He also said that books need to be free at the point of delivery, like the health service. A DFE spokesperson said, we are committed to raising literacy for children, but Sir Michael said that these efforts are clearly not enough. Finally, The Guardian features an article which looks at research in America that appears to show that children learn better on paper than on screens. The research follows headlines across the pond which focused on the nationwide collapse in reading scores among American youths, citing a four-point drop in the comprehension skills of 13-year-olds, falling below skill levels of 1971 for the worst performing students. Politicians appear to be assigning blame to the pandemic and the subsequent lockdowns with remote learning being labelled as bad for students by the Biden administration Others blame teachers who they say lobbied for lockdowns However the article itself focuses on a new study by neuroscientists at Columbia University's Teachers College which appears to show there is a clear advantage to reading a text on paper rather than on a screen because it leads to what they describe as deeper reading. A sample of 59 children aged 10 to 12 were asked to complete a series of tasks, which led researchers to conclude that we should not yet throw away printed books and shouldn't rely on the digital revolution just yet. Further details can be read on The Guardian website. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio News with Jo Fox. Hi everybody, thanks
1: for listening in. Uh, we're back with the Thursday Twilight show and hopefully I am just going to bring Amy in.
5: Hello. Amy, can you hear me? I can hear you, can you hear me?
1: Yeah, oh, amazing, great. We love it when the tech works first time. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> Especially because I haven't been on the air for a while, so <laughs> I was like, I hope it's all goes smoothly tech-wise. <laughs> um, Fantastic. Well, welcome to the show, it's lovely to have you here, thank you for coming on. Uh, how thank are you? you
5: yeah I'm really good thank you I'm just sort of obviously on maternity leave at the moment so that's Mm -hmm. been lovely spending time with my children um
1: yeah yeah I know that I like gave your bio before but I was hoping not to put you on the spot but maybe you could tell us a bit more about like your teaching style before we go into like the uh, the topic we were going to talk about
5: my teaching style rather than my teaching experience just to check yes (laughs) so like okay so um well um, I would describe my teaching style as, I mean, using mostly traditional methods. I, I use, I, a lot of, um, I do a lot of sort of reading all the time around sort of current literature and current methods I've been reading. This is one of the reasons I, I love going on Twitter is cause there are so many great book recommendations, aren't there? <laughs> on there and everyone's just like, Oh, read this brilliant book, read this brilliant book. And so it's mm-hmm. a fantastic place I think to share sort of teaching, um, methods and um I've learned so so much from all of the, all of teacher twitter really I learn all the time and I've drawn a lot of my methods from um uh, all of the great um people on on edu twitter that share their their ideas so um broadly in in the way that we discuss things um I would describe my methods as as traditional in the sense that, you know, retrieval practice, cold calling, you know, all those sort of standard TLAC methods, which are pretty standard, I think, in in a lot of secondary schools at the moment. Um, I know that you obviously teach primary, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
5: um, I know that our, um, obviously our settings are going to be obviously different. So I'll be aware of that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think like you say, like, I mean, I I cold call on children, I guess. Yeah, I do. Yeah. A cold call, and you get a lot. I didn't put my hand up. So I know your imaginary hand was up. Um, <laughs> I guess in that respect, like teaching across the board has a lot of similar skills. I think. Um, like yeah, I don't. Does it doesn't matter, like, if you're in like a year, kind of twelve classroom or a year one classroom? Probably the skill sets are similar. Would you
5: say? I would. I would say that definitely there is a broad connection across the board of that. But mm-hmm. I'm just completely having no experience teaching primary at all. I don't know. Do do you tell year one kids to slant? Can they slant? I don't know. I
1: don't know what that means. Maybe I should try it.
5: <laughs> I'm
1: always happy to I'll try I say to my TAs, I'll try anything once in the classroom. <laughs> um so I guess we should go to the I'm gonna start with the tweet that kind of connected us on Twitter. Um yeah. and I think I think it's like quite a hot topic at the moment,
5: mostly due to teacher retention. Um, oh exactly that's why yeah, absolutely it's massive yeah. massive issue at the moment is teacher yeah. retention retaining so, experienced, qualified teachers yeah, it's so huge. your
1: your tweet was uh, I'm old enough to remember when the goal was to make sure all teachers had a master's now they're saying we don't even need GCSEs like world class education is it really um I kind of I wanted to like go start with you I guess with how what were your pathways into teaching and then kind of look at it step back a little bit
5: So how I got into teaching.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
5: Yeah. So um, I got into teaching um, by a program that I don't believe runs anymore because obviously this was some time ago. (laughs) Um, I think it was called um, the Student Associate Scheme. And basically that was how I got into teaching. And what it was was that um, I really... I was at university at the time and I had no idea what I wanted to do with my career and I kind of you know you look at different career options and you're not you're not sure do I want to do this do I want to do that and this scheme was available that allowed you to basically sort of do a, a few I think it was three weeks where you kind of shadowed in different schools and just saw how schools work and whether or not you would think teaching would be for you um and yeah I just as soon as I got into schools again I just absolutely fell in love with Being in schools and the environment of schools and how engaging it is and how exciting it is and um, so that's that was how I got into teaching specifically but obviously um, I was doing my undergraduate degree at the time I went on to do my postgraduate degree and then I did my master's using the funding that was um, made available in the region of sort of 2010-2011 for teachers Mm -hmm. to complete master's degrees Um, and it was there was a fully funded one but they withdrew that so then um i did the part funded one
1: it's interesting you bring up funding because i think when i was doing my my pgce my like final placement i was basically the class teacher and i just spent so much money on resources it was crazy and i think people are like maybe scared of the the, the financial benefit of teaching um like it's funding a big
5: problem anymore yeah. in teaching um, yeah I mean we all everyone spends so much money on resourcing their classrooms because you you know you you care and you want it to be you want it to be you want them to have everything that they need and you want it to be a nice place and I think everybody does that don't they you end up just picking up a few bits here and there constantly all the yeah. time using your own money resourcing your classroom yeah. Yeah. I think everybody's a bit guilty of that sometimes
1: That sounds actually number two, I wrote number two where you said three weeks shadowing in different schools and that actually, to me, sounds sounds like something that would intrigue people into teaching.
5: Yeah, I think one of the things that sort of happened when that statement was made about I think it was Lennon, uh, Barnaby Lennon, that said that maybe teachers shouldn't have Maths GCSEs. It had quite a big kind of emotional reaction for people and one of my main feelings was, well shouldn't we be just rather than kind of focusing on what we can kind of take away, shouldn't we be thinking about what makes it more attractive, like how can Mm -hmm. we attract people in, what can what can make this profession look really attractive, what can make it look really exciting and fun the way I saw it when I was on that scheme um, and there, there was that opportunity to sort of look around. What like you say, what opportunities can we provide? How can we make this profession look appealing and fun and engaging? I'm not sure it always has that from the outside. I'm not sure it always has that appearance. You know what I mean? And it genuinely is Mm -hmm. the best job in the world teaching. I firmly believe that. I'm sure you probably have the same feeling. It is Mm -hmm. honestly the best job in the world. But I don't think that it always looks that way from the outside. You know what I mean? I think that yeah I think that it doesn't always look like the most attractive job
1: yeah and, and yeah. yeah sorry go on
5: yeah and it should be because it is a great job
1: <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely do you think what what brought about the tweet like you know where, where did that come from
5: well I was um reflecting on those comments that had been made and clearly mm-hmm. um the gentleman that made the comments first made the comments was just trying to solutionize what is the biggest yes. and most pressing problem in our sector which we said mm-hmm. early on is um the the teacher shortage crisis really the mm-hmm. the fact that you know we're we're just we're so many staff down all the time i don't know how it is at your school but at my school you know we're always we're always members of staff down there is a teacher shortage and it's that thing of you know if you advertise a teaching position when i started teaching there used to be sort of 40 50 60 applicants for a job and now it's like wow. you get three you know, yes, <laughs> you know?
1: Wow.
5: yeah and now you you get just a few if, mm-hmm. if you're lucky and there yeah. is a massive teacher shortage. And we do need to sort of solutionize. And that's what, obviously, the person that made that comments was doing. He was trying to find a solution. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just reflecting on that. when Where the tweet came from was reflecting on, I mean, is that the solution, really? It doesn't sound yeah. like a great solution just to take more stuff away, just to lower the bar continually.
6: Mm-hmm. Um,
5: and it just made me feel sad to be honest those comments because it made me feel like when i started teaching we were ambitious for the profession mm-hmm. it was a forward-moving profession it was a an exciting profession and and the, the the talk was very much around you know we want all teachers to be masters we want all teachers to be so qualified and we want to provide that we want to it, it's not just like you have to have a masters to get in it's we're going to help you get there mm-hmm. as well
1: that that's it actually you're you're thinking like not the nail on the head is the Like will help you to get to that high point of like ambition within the sector, whereas now it's I think it's like just come into the sector.
5: Yeah, just to come in. Anybody come in?
1: (laughs) Yeah, anyone? Yeah. And like that, that again, like you say, does that make it sound appealing?
5: yeah think, exactly exactly that that was the question it raised for me is that appealing does that make mm. it sound appealing does mm. that make it sound like an exciting and forward thinking and mm. um ambitious place to be i don't know I think
1: also like to play a bit of devil's advocate i did one of my questions that i wrote down was like are less qualified teachers the answer because sometimes i'm not sure about high school but a lot a lot across primary sometimes a ta will teach for want of a better word teach a group of children you know you you do have a lot of not like less qualified but less qualified with like a nate a bachelor or a degree next to their name that are taking out groups and that are teaching um
5: um yeah it, it happens a, a bit in secondaries obviously again i'm only te- talking from my own my own experience which is limited to the schools that i've taught in so i, I yeah. can't say if this happens more broadly elsewhere yeah. but in my experience from what i've seen it happens a little bit in secondary schools we get kind of um, small withdrawal groups that happen with teaching assistants Mm -hmm. um it's it's very rare to see um a ta that i again from my experience i've i've never seen the ta leading a whole class Mm -hmm. um and again i um it's it's obviously gcse a level um it's kind of different and i've not i've not seen that really but I, i don't know if it does happen elsewhere but I think there was a lot, I think like you started off by saying they are the most incredible people. They are like gold dust. Yeah. In in a secondary yes. school, they are like absolute gold dust to have a TA in the classroom. <laughs> they are the most fantastic <laughs> people. Um, yes. And it's another reflection I think of the teacher shortage is that I, I really remember that when, um, when I started teaching one of my classes was a really small nurture group there were a lot of needs in the room such sweet lovely children um but lots of needs in the room um and there was me there were 12 kids just 12 in that class because it was a small 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 nurture group and and I think three or four TAs in that class wow. if you can believe it yeah I'm not kidding that was genuinely real and yeah. that was I'd say 10 years ago and now like i said like gold dust to see a ta i mean they absolutely are fantastic people um and like you say can sh- what i feel is that we should be offering them more training rather than saying mm-hmm. rather than saying first of all um well you you can't you can't do teaching unless you have a, um this that and the other this degree that degree etc well can can you offer that <laughs> you know can you help? can yeah. you help these people that are brilliant with children yeah. can you can you find a way that perhaps they could get funding to do some of those things because at the end of yeah. the day we want to we want to upskill and we want to we want to use the brilliant people that we already have in the profession to the best of you know their ability and our, our ability we want to make it so that everyone can kind of have that opportunity if they're able to
1: yeah i i always think the best tas become teachers um and then you lose good assistance. <laughs> <laughs>
5: yeah, I think that's probably true. Yeah.
1: And like I think like you said, do you, do you think they're missing a trick in terms of turning TAs into teachers where they don't have to kind of leave their school or leave their classrooms almost? Do you think they're missing a trick there? Like maybe that's a way to get more teachers in is to use the people that are already in
5: kind of. Yeah, I mean, possibly, like you say, I mean, there are brilliant TAs that are just brilliant TAs as well. And that is what they want to do. And that is their passion. Mm -hmm. And one of the problems, I think, is that they are just not... Plainly going to say they're just not paid enough. TAs they're not paid enough at all for what they're worth. They they need they need to be paid much more for the job that they do because the job that they do is absolutely fantastic. And we talk a lot about teacher pay, you know, not being great, and there's obviously there's been strikes over teacher pay not being great. But Mm -hmm. I mean, TAs need to be paid an awful lot more money for the job that they do, from my point of view. Absolutely. Um, And and again, if they if it's within something they would want to do offering them training would be wonderful but I, I think I think you're right in that a lot of the best TAs that I've seen have become teachers I'm trying mm-hmm. to sort of think back in my head now based on that comment but mm-hmm. there are definitely TAs that I've seen that are just wonderful wonderful TAs and that mm-hmm. is what they do and that is their calling mm-hmm. yeah I, I wanted to kind of talk about the skills test um, um, is, the... do you mean like the QTS ones that we used yes. to do
1: yes yeah they still have that? Well that's the operative word uh, Amy is used to. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So like let's just make it easier for teachers to get into teaching, we'll scrap the skills test. Um, Like I don't know about you, I was never actually that academic in school, Um, I've done a lot of exams in my time on this earth but honestly the math skills test is the hardest exam I've ever done in my life.
5: Honestly, um, Um, the QTS (laughs) math skills, what I I found, I I really remember doing it and what I found really strange about it, I have such a strong memory of doing it and thinking this is so odd, is Mm -hmm. that one of the questions on mine, I don't know if this is standard, was that you had to work out with like a little time limit, like a little clock ticking down, Mm -hmm. um, if you were taking X amount of students on a trip and each of the coaches sat, like fifty two kids or something, how like how many coaches do you need? And you had to like do it like really quickly and, yeah. and I just thought but you'd never have to do that in actual teaching yeah. though, would you? You no. would sit down and you would work it out like you yeah. would just use a calculator. You wouldn't yeah. be trying to Yeah. yeah. Those I, tests were crazy, it has to be said. <laughs> yeah. I mean they made
1: they made it difficult to get into teaching. Um and, and that's already disappeared. And I, I actually think, I mean, I I passed on my third try, the maths one and when i did it it was if you didn't pass on your third try you had to wait two years to retake it so when you say yeah like when you say be ambitious for teaching it was like i really really have to pass that test and like i mean i've never been that good at revising but i like i really work hard to pass that math test um i just wonder what like what with the tweet and with the the changes that they want to put what are your thoughts on the cancellation of those tests because i think it was like a massive hurdle into teaching and if you were thought oh maybe i'll become a teacher it'd be easy and you fall fell at that first hurdle like would you care would
5: you keep trying you know well to be honest i remember i think a lot of the talk at the time was i mean if a person has the maths and the english gcses or and I think there was another one wasn't there it was like you had to do three science,
1: yeah science
5: was it science the third QTS test or was it I know oh, sorry
1: yeah there was a some random like, computing one yeah, yeah I think it was yeah.
5: computing wasn't it yeah. Yeah, um, yeah yeah so yeah um I think the thinking around it all the time was if you already have your maths GCSE which you will have well certainly I had to work very hard to get Yes. And if you already yeah. have your English GCSE, and if you already have those GCSEs, why do you need to do this whole extra thing to prove the same thing again? Mm-hmm. You you do already have those things, yeah. so and I and I feel like the math GCSE is a much more robust reflection of of mm-hmm. somebody's ability than those funny little QTS tests were because they were yeah. they were a bit odd. It has to be said. Yeah. Um. And but the math GCSE, you know, you it was a, it's a very robust and clear reflection of somebody's ability. I believe. Yeah
1: no absolutely um and then i guess the next change is ect or nqt (laughs) um like one year or two years and my co-teacher is a is an ect and like there's a lot of observations in an nqt year and they put you through a lot i i feel like two years i don't know shouldn't shouldn't we leave them alone after a year (laughs) of being an nqt and being observed all the time i feel like in that respect, it's been made harder.
5: I'm trying to think about that experience. i watching other people yeah. go through it um, again. I'm, I can only speak from what I've seen. Yeah,
1: absolutely.
5: Um, and. I'm trying to think how people have gone through it. I'm not sure I've seen because I haven't been involved with our ECTs that much. I used to have quite a big role in um, helping to train um, teachers, but I haven't mm-hmm. taken on that role in a few years. But as far as I can see or as far as I can remember, it was always much more a really supportive process. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's become much more critical, but it was certainly when when um when I was starting out, it was a very supportive process. It was very much like we just want to help you um and the observations were very much just you know opportunities for you to kind of discuss your own practice and what how you were finding it I hope that's the still I would hope that that would be the spirit that it's in rather than kind of this critical if you don't do well on this you're going to lose your position because I mean again massive teacher shortage people <laughs> like let's <try laughs> <laughs> let's, not, let's not like threaten and kick out the ones that have just got in yeah let's not scare them off absolutely. Yeah, let's not terrify these people that have worked really hard to get their get their do, positions do, and their qualifications
1: do you, do you think there are good teachers out there without that don't have those GCSEs that, that don't couldn't pass GCSEs I don't know do you think that they're, they're out I think there?
5: I think it's a really what I've thought about it is that it's one of those One of those things where there is—it's a huge range of things that you have to do as a teacher, isn't it? I mean, I think you were talking a little bit about that earlier on. It is a job where there are—it's not—it's not not just one skill that you're using all the time. It's—it's so many different things. Your brain has to be working on so many different levels in so many different ways all at once, Mm -hmm. and you have to be able to do all of those things. It is not just one thing that you're needing to do, Um, and—and there are absolutely people that are that we've probably all encountered that are incredibly incredibly clever people like very very smart people that wouldn't necessarily be that great stood up in front of a, bu- a classroom for example we have probably all met people in our lives that are so so smart but wouldn't do well in that environment necessarily it's quite a specific environment a classroom and you have to be kind of I think quite a specific kind of person to thrive in that classroom um, and not everyone would be willing to or would want to do that but at the same time, the, the reverse is true as well. You, you might have somebody that's absolutely brilliant with kids, but doesn't necessarily have all of those other skills too. And you do have to kind of be the full package to be a teacher, I think. You need to have all of those things. Um, and although it's a, and we always, and we, people have always said this about exams and tests and things, it's a crude measurement, isn't it? It's a crude skill, but it is the only measurement that we have is that exam and um, that sort of baseline. And if of, of, uh, I was a C in maths, now is a four in maths or a C in English, mm-hmm. now a four in English. Um, and if you remove those baselines, you know, how much more gets removed? And again, like you said before, like are we just sort of letting, is anybody coming in? And um, I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm personally, I'm not overly comfortable with just sort of taking those things away and just, especially in the background of the conversations going on in the country about, you know, math till 18, math till 18, that yes. kind of thing. You know, we if
1: it's, teach it's math till eighteen, yeah. if we're just taking
5: anyone in. I <laughs> know. Oh, I mean it's, it's it stands in quite a strong contrast to my mind if we're saying that, you know, math mm-hmm. is so important. It's such an mm-hmm. essential skill. And I absolutely believe that it is I'm an English mm-hmm. teacher, but I absolutely believe that maths is a really important skill. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not necessarily saying that I think maths till 18 is a brilliantly thought out practical idea. But mm-hmm. um, yeah if we're saying that math is so important that we need people to have it until 18 and we and the same breath we're saying but teachers don't need it mm. you know there, there are so so many jobs if you look at the list of jobs which you you have to have a four in maths
1: mm-hmm. are we
5: then saying that teachers are not among those that teachers yeah. are not are not are not the same equivalent as yeah. those jobs I think that is a little bit devaluing a fantastic Mm -hmm. profession Mm -hmm. to say that they don't stand in the same light as those others or you don't need that to be a teacher though do you you know is it is it is it that straightforward I'm not sure
1: they ask us to be role models a lot of the time don't they
5: yeah exactly
1: Um, and I think like if these kids knew how hard I worked to get a GCSE in maths (laughs) um,
5: that's that's yeah, that's it. That's the reflection of it, isn't it? It's the fact that you know it was so hard, you know, and we mm. I, I remember staying in every single lunchtime, literally every mm. single lunchtime to work on my math GCSE because mm. I I was really I was so scared about it. I was so worried I was going to fail. Um and I you know it is a reflection that you you worked you, you worked really hard to get your math GCSE. And like you say that is role modeling, isn't it? It's not it doesn't did not didn't easy to everybody.
1: Mm where where do you where do you like personally feel the bigger issue is in keeping teachers in the profession or in changing how you come into the profession
5: i guess well, that's such a great question <laughs> um i i i like obviously they're both hugely hugely important things they both mm. are hugely important but i'm mm. going to say keeping yeah i'm going to say keeping I think retaining our experienced staff, retaining our um, you know our veteran teachers, um, I think that's really, really important. And I obviously, I learn so much from new teachers coming in all the time.
6: Mm-hmm. Um,
5: and they bring so much to a department. They bring so much to a school, our new teachers. But the loss of those experienced teachers at what is quite a difficult time in teaching i think you know there's an awful lot going on in teaching right now we're dealing with lots of different issues obviously there's the attendance crisis that's always in the news and um you know post pandemic problems and so on we need our experienced staff and and we need we need to be finding ways to retain them i think probably the numbers on you know people leaving teaching are quite scary aren't they when you look at them
1: yeah absolutely I, there's probably a, um, what's the word, so after, after a day of teaching, I lose words. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there's like, the, the numbers don't match up, I guess, of Teachers leaving and teachers coming oh, in. Oh, no, I can't think of that word either now. And I'm, I'm, I'm just blame baby
5: brain. I'm blaming uh, baby uh, brain I, I, just, I know that word
1: too. <laughs> I, I used to teach year six, where I used to have words, and now I teach year one and I have no more words. <laughs> there's a discrepancy. I think that's the word. That's the word.
5: Yeah, that's the one. One. <laughs> yeah there's absolutely um, a discrepancy. I, I, I yeah. think that's true in sort of teachers leaving and teachers joining, as it were. Mm. Oh, yeah. um, and I, all the problem is that all of the problems that we're having in, in in teaching right now all the difficulties that we're facing we can't solve them without those staff you know we can't solve them without without those people yeah. so finding ways to retain staff i feel like that is really really essential
1: i'm also not like, saying
5: the no, other side isn't also
1: yeah i also like like you like you said and like i think a lot of people say if you lose those experienced teachers who teaches the next group not like even how to teach but who teaches them how to do it efficiently and effectively you know because it's a very hard job and there are let's say like tricks to the trade you know absolutely who, who teaches that you know
5: Yeah not just the sort of nuts and bolts of how to run a lesson but how to Mm -hmm. be in a school how to be a teacher how to how to manage the environment how to cope with the workload and how to one of the hardest lessons I think that all teachers learn in those early years is how to prioritize and how to use your time effectively. Mm -hmm. Those are hard things to learn Mm -hmm. and I think as an early years teacher you tend to everything takes you so much longer and it's really mm-hmm. hard to manage time and that's mm-hmm. something you really you need your you need that older you know that more experienced member of the department coming over and being like you don't really need to do that right now you should probably be working on this <laughs> yes. or maybe just leave that for five minutes because you know you're gonna you're gonna run out of time on that why don't you just try working on something different or try something else you need mm-hmm. you need those experienced teachers you absolutely need that experience within within a department and if they're just leaving like you say who who helps the next generation coming up
1: because mm. like you like you said in the way that you came in with the three weeks shadowing i don't think you get the luxury of that anymore
5: i don't and, think so. No.
1: and i've had a trainee teacher a couple of times in my old schools and I, I i said like go and watch other teachers you'll never get this chance again um it's,
5: yeah it was, so, it was such valuable thing to be able to spend that time seeing, I don't know, there has been a, sh- yeah, but just that, there has been a shift, but just seeing lots of different styles and lots of different ways of doing things and kind of mm-hmm. thinking, what will I be like? What will my style mm-hmm. be? Who will mm-hmm. I be in the classroom? Am I going to be like this teacher? Am I going to be like that teacher? You know, what, what will I be like? And having that time to kind of shape your craft, yeah. shape your style. Yeah. I-
1: I think like just to, to kind of, just to close it off, like if you if you could make make up uh, your own pathway into teaching, what kind of things would it include?
5: I think I would, well, I, I, no, I don't want to be that person that's like, they should just all do exactly what I did.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think your of... route in
1: was different because I did a PGCE and like, I, I wish I had three weeks shadowing different teachers. Um, I didn't
5: because yeah, it was like, hey, here's a class, teach them. Um, <laughs> I I, di- I did a PGCE <laughs> after my shadowing. So I did the three week mm-hmm. shadowing and then I did my PGCE. But um, right. yeah, I, I, I really feel like you should have, that should be an opportunity for people to have that as, because obviously I think some people would have had a different experience to me and gone in and thought, actually, you know, this is not for me. Mm-hmm. And if that's happening kind of halfway through a course, then that's different to just like after a couple of weeks, isn't it? So I think yeah. it would be helpful for both sort of methods really to sort of entice people in but also to give people that awareness of what a school is like what it runs like there's mm. a lot of people you know yeah. may have been out of schools for years and they forget that kind of the sound of the bell and they get everything moving mm. and um, the chaos of the corridor and well yeah. not all corridors are chaotic but
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah now so I
5: would think I don't again I don't want to be that person that's um oh exactly what I did but I would think it yeah, would be nice right. to have that opportunity for people to do shadowing obviously mm. i can't actually remember now whether we had to do any kind of dvs check or anything like that i'm sure we did <laughs> <laughs> i don't think they would have just let us wander into a school without one i'm pretty sure that we did all have to do DBS checks yeah um but that was possible at the time so i'm not sure why it wouldn't be possible now um mm-hmm. but certainly i i'm going to stand firm on saying that i don't agree with removing kind of those baselines in qualifications i think people should um like you say be role models and and make sure that they've got the opportunity to learn those things and have been given the opportunity to learn those things and i think that's more important than just saying rather than giving people the opportunity to get these qualifications we're just going to make it so they don't have to have them Mm. that's right that's a really lazy way out yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah um but then the people are gonna think to sorry just to kind of finalize I think people will think oh like easy way in great I'll go teach they'll get into teaching they'll be given a class that people will be like okay you need to plan 10 lessons and you've got two hours so and people are gonna be like what I thought this was an easy way into a job yeah Um, I think it's it would be a shock afterwards if you haven't like you say had that personal ambition to get into it because you you need that kind of drive
5: I think yeah which is why I think that kind of, that that sort of just seeing what it's like first is so helpful, which is what I had the opportunity that I had to go into a school and see what people were doing, see what teaching a little bit, a little bit of a taste of what it was really like. Because yeah. people obviously, I think one of the main things that we often battle against is the public perception that teachers just you know stroll in at nine and leave yeah. at three or, you know, yeah. this kind of not, stuff
1: and, not true
5: yeah and, <laughs> I, I, it is still something that many people seem to think is that it's like you know a very easy job with loads of holidays and you just you know leave at three o'clock and mm-hmm. that kind of thing and they don't understand that that it's there's, an incredible workload and that it's not just leaving at three o'clock it's hours and hours of workload and meetings and marking and admin and that go behind it
1: yeah absolutely i think i think you're right i think you know they want us to be role models we need those qualifications and you need to to have that ambition to to get into teaching and to stay in teaching Um, yeah yeah i I
5: wish again that it would just be more about helping providing the opportunities to get qualifications and making the profession Mm. more attractive to people that may wish to join.
1: Yeah absolutely I think that's a great point to end on you know like like people should be helping to provide those opportunities to to qualify to become a teacher as opposed to helping as opposed to removing
5: the requirement
1: as opposed to (laughs) providing a job.
5: (laughs) Yeah Um, exactly
1: Yeah, help help to provide the qualifications as opposed to helping to provide a job, I I guess. uh, Yeah, Yeah. Um, that would be a great way to end it. Um, I just want to say thank you very much, Amy. I know you've got a little one probably with you somewhere around you. So (laughs) thank you. Thank you so much
5: for coming on. Um, Thank you very much. It's been great to talk to you.
1: Thank you. Great. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your mat leave.
5: Um, Oh, I will.
1: (laughs) uh, Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Um, so that's our first guest Amy, a uh, great conversation just about how to get into teaching and I, I think that that final little quote of let's help provide qualifications to get into teaching as opposed to let's just help to give jobs is probably like a good balanced argument maybe to have, maybe on Twitter we'll post it out, I'm oh, sorry on X, we'll post it out on X and see about what we get back. So I'm just going to pop to the news again and then I will bring in Stephanie.
2: This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, publishing professional development books and resources to support great teaching and learning in schools around the world. Have you checked out their latest releases? Use the code JCTTR 2324 for 20% off your order. Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading.
3: Introducing Eaton X from Eton College, a diverse range of quality online courses, enabling young people to aspire and excel.
4: Ofsted finds itself in the news again, as inspections, paused for a two-week period to allow inspectors to undertake mental health awareness training, begin again on the 22nd of January. ITV News shared the results of a survey of almost 2,000 school leaders, which showed that 97% support the removal of single word judgements. The survey, carried out by NAHT Union, followed the outcome of the inquest into the death of Ruth Perry. The union has urged Ofsted to implement a number of changes including a mechanism for school leaders to halt an inspection where an inspector's conduct falls below standards extending the notice period schools receive for inspection and asking them to revert to a process however temporarily of ungraded inspections similar to those conducted during the pandemic meanwhile the BBC reports that Ofsted has apologized fully for the first time for the role it played in Ruth Perry's death the apology came at the same time as Ofsted responded to the coroner's prevention of future deaths notice in the PFD response new Ofsted chief Sir Martin Oliver said such tragedies should never happen again and that he apologized sincerely for the part inspection played in her death since the death of Mrs Perry Schools judged as inadequate on safeguarding alone are now re-inspected within three months. Ofsted also changed its confidentiality rules to allow heads to speak to colleagues, family, friends and health professionals about outcomes of inspections before the report is actually published. The Department for Education has committed to working with Ofsted to review things during a consultation in the spring, which it is calling the Big Listen education unions praised Ofsted's positive steps, but said they were only the beginning. The weather has been front and centre of the news this week, with schools across parts of Wales and Scotland being forced to close due to snow. Icy conditions and weather warnings made for tricky travel, and forced school closures in areas badly affected. For those concerned that the post-pandemic impact of remote learning would mean the end of snow days. Pictures on social media and local news prove that this was not always the case. But anyone worried that the icy blasts will last can be assured that the weather is set to return to normal over the next few days. Authors, including Sir Michael Morpogo and Mallory Blackman, have written an open letter urging the government to invest in early years reading. According to a Book Trust survey, only half of children, between one and two, from low-income families, are read to daily, with some families struggling to access books and being in need of support. The letter from authors is addressed to both Prime Minister Rishi Sunak and Labour leader Sakir Starmer and says, it is not right that children from poorer backgrounds are deprived of a life rich in reading. Sir Michael Mopogo is president of the Charity Book Trust and helped launch their new campaign Get Reading to support disadvantaged children in family reading. He spoke on BBC Radio 4's Today programme saying that the younger that children are introduced to the power of stories, the better chance there is of putting them on an extraordinary pathway of knowledge, understanding and empathy. He also said that books need to be free at the point of delivery, like the health service. A DFE spokesperson said, we are committed to raising literacy for children, but Sir Michael said that these efforts are clearly not enough. Finally, The Guardian features an article which looks at research in America that appears to show that children learn better on paper than on screens. The research follows headlines across the pond which focused on the nationwide collapse in reading scores among American youths, citing a four-point drop in the comprehension skills of 13-year-olds, falling below skill levels of 1971 for the worst performing students. Politicians appear to be assigning blame to the pandemic and the subsequent lockdowns, with remote learning being labelled as bad for students by the Biden administration. Others blame teachers who they say lobbied for lockdowns. However, the article itself focuses on a new study by neuroscientists at Columbia University's Teachers College, which appears to show there is a clear advantage to reading a text on paper rather than on a screen because it leads to what they describe as deeper reading. A sample of 59 children aged 10 to 12 were asked to complete a series of tasks, which led researchers to conclude that we should not yet throw away printed books and shouldn't rely on the digital revolution just yet. Further details can be read on The Guardian website. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio News with Jo Fox.
1: Hi everybody, welcome back to the Thursday Twilight Show. I'm gonna bring in Stephanie straight away because she's been waiting in the wings for quite some time. <laughs> Stephanie, can you hear me?
6: I can. Good evening.
1: Hi, good evening. How are you?
6: Yeah, I'm really good, thank you. Good. Really thanks
1: good. for thanks so much for coming on. Um so I, I I know you've been waiting around a bit in the wings and maybe you heard a bit. We started off the show kind of talking about ways into teaching, um, and I linked up with you on X kind of talking about pathways after teaching or pathways out of teaching so um maybe i just wondered if you could kind of give us a little bio of yourself just before we kind of get into the conversation
6: yeah certainly um i did listen to um all of the show so far so um, (laughs) it's really interesting interesting things coming up about um you know why people are leaving and i guess mm-hmm. that is linked to my my bio as well so mm-hmm. um i have 13 years classroom experience seven as a middle leader um head of humanities and then in a more kind of pastoral uh, teacher support role as well mm-hmm. um and i left the classroom this september mm-hmm. and that, it, it was a hard decision um but one that i'm really pleased that i i took and now in my work I work part-time for Lancashire Mind which is a mental health charity uh, up here in the northwest and mm-hmm. I uh, work for myself uh, as a coach and trainer um, supporting schools and teachers so some of my work is very much about trying to help uh, teachers stay in the classroom uh- <laughs> and some of my work is um, about supporting people either to make the decision or to kind of find their their pathways out so mm. pretty what, diverse
1: what what brought about the kind of the decision to leave was it one thing that triggered it was it kind of a few things or yeah um
6: well as a as a history teacher at heart there's always multiple <laughs> multiple causes to a to a decision Um right. so There's a kind of happy version of the story or part of the story, which is my um, last school were really invested in coaching and transactional analysis. And over time that became something that I realized that I also loved as well as teaching. And I kind of learned more and more about it and got chances to practice coaching and and realized that it, it was kind of also a calling. Um, And I tried for a while to balance the love of teaching and the love of coaching. And it just got to a point where I I had to make the decision because as you've alluded to, the the decision to, or the ability to teach takes so much Mm -hmm. that I didn't want to be at a point where something was distracting me from doing a great job in the classroom. So it got to the point where I had to do one or the other Um, And and that was key. The other thing would be that a lot of a lot of the reality was, I didn't really want to become SLT. I felt like I had exhausted what I had to offer in terms of, you know, where do I go from here? And then, you know, the story that is unfortunately far too familiar that uh, I realised that teacher lifestyle wasn't actually living. It was mm-hmm. sustaining. It was I, I kind of look back now with the the learning I've done through mental health and just think I was living on the brink of burnout all mm-hmm. the time. And I yeah. got to a holiday, I recovered, I was sustained enough to start mm. again. And then it was back to the survival and, you know, listening mm-hmm. to how you open the show and, mm-hmm. and you know, that it's Thursday and, and <laughs> I've lost my words and, you know, you do it, you, are you, you're doing it a million times better than I was because I was yeah. coming home and actually, you know, was that person that was sat on the couch and I'd given everything. I had nothing else yeah. to give at home and I'm paying someone else to walk my dog and I'm paying someone else to clean yeah. my house and I'm just like so so there's a two really kind of tandem things going on of something else had sort of captured my heart and my imagination and my sort of joy but I did still love teaching so it was it was a breakup it was a battleground yeah it, was, it wasn't an overnight decision but it's quite, it's quite to, sorry go I, I was gonna say I just looked to the, point, the point the age I was and I was like I've got enough I've got as much time in my career going forward as I have behind me, if not more. Mm. And I just, I just thought I've got to own this. I've got to take, take the step. I've got to be brave.
1: Yeah. I think um, Paul in the comments said uh, like a a while while back, but still like the old adage of if you're really good at your job, you get more jobs to do is one of the reasons why primary teachers get ticked off and leave. And Mm. then I want to kind of like throw back to what Amy said about having ambition. And it's just it's quite sad, you know, that you say I didn't want SLT because there are so many teachers and a lot of deputies as well that are deputies. So our SLT probably lead a subject, probably lead on safeguarding and also teacher class. Yeah.
5: Um,
1: And like, how do you kind of balance that as a teacher? I know you said that you got to a point where you didn't want SLT and it's kind of yeah, sad I, I think yeah. chef so chef i used to work in the hospitality and chefing is the same the the more you rise up the less you cook it's like yeah the the more you rise up in teaching the less you teach kind of thing and the more paperwork you do how do you balance that you know you say it's sad to leave teaching it is a breakup. i think you're right how do you balance that
6: yeah and and, and it was a lot of soul searching and Mm. i think the thing that i was really you know i obviously i'm talking and working and coaching a lot of people that are at different stages of this journey And, and and when i reflect back on my story in particular i'm actually really glad that i got to the point where although i was you know like i said on this sort of borderline of of burnout all the time a kind mm. of zombie human I was still <laughs> sort of managing everything and you know just about holding on and mm. it, it wasn't a decision that was forced it wasn't desperation it, it wasn't I'll you know I'll just take any job and unfortunately some people are you mm. know do leave in that manner so I feel kind of really grateful that I didn't and also you know that's why I'm really kind of passionate about talking about it because if we can help people you know, try things, you know, is it that you need a different school? Is it that we can just look at how you are approaching the, the job mm. and maybe there are things that we can do to, to you know, keep you there, but mm. ultimately, you know, I, I really advocate that people make the decision that is right for them and if it comes to the point of you want to leave teaching, then mm. it's really good just to make that decision and get on with it because the no man's land <laughs> Of, yes of the should I stay should I go is <laughs> so draining on top mm-hmm. of everything else mm-hmm. that it's just such a, a weight to carry yeah
1: what well, can you maybe give let's say like two reasons that you would give someone to stay and two that you would maybe give to to leave or, or options how, how how to stay like how do you stay in teaching if you're at that point of I need life after teaching.
6: Um, that is really uh, <laughs> challenging. I guess I, the answer I, isn't isn't the same for everybody. But yes. the one thing that I would say is the same for everyone is find somebody to talk to, and and preferably somebody independent. And the reason I say that mm. is because as soon as you mention it at work. you've said it at work you've said it in your workplace and that does sort of change things even subtly or you know people have that in their head that so and so might leave or whatever Mm. and if you decide to stay you know that you told somebody you might go and it's just baggage to carry around Mm -hmm. and the other thing I felt like I have a a wonderful family partner friends Mm. but they also carry their judgments with them whether Mm -hmm. that is a judgment of you know love and you know teaching is a good career think of the holidays Hmm. you know think of the
1: holidays holidays. (laughs)
6: you've you've got you you know you've got a mortgage to pay you've got a a pampered dog to look after yeah and and it's it's that kind of still from a place of love but that stay in your lane kind of thinking um or or and teaching is a job that is your identity and even now I don't tell I don't meet anybody and not say either I was a teacher or I'm a teacher that's not teaching or Mm. because it is absolutely something that is is true at the very core of me um and and that's you know something that you do have to deal with is this identity piece of how other people see you how you see you and and talking about that independently with someone that has no judgment that that can help you create this version of who you want to be
1: yeah you're so right it's a part of identity I don't it sounds a bit sad because it is a job really but you know I remember ages ago this is so random definitely but I went on a date with this guy I was when I was Yeah, and I was like, so um, so I'm a teacher. What do you do? And he was like, oh, I do like this. I do a bit that, a bit this. I was like, no, I'm a teacher. What's your job? (laughs) And I do think it comes down to a bit of like identity, and it's not just a career. It like there's, I, I don't know. I think there's a difference between I'm a teacher, and I don't know, like I'm a marketing professional, or not to put any other job down, but I do think there's a bit of identity in it. Um.
6: Yeah, yeah and and it's something if you think about you know the conversation that you've had earlier about the you know training methods that you go through and the amount of people that have input on your career the the amount of mm-hmm. young people whose lives you affect like how can that not you know yeah. impact your your heart and your soul of course it does um mm-hmm. and you might mm-hmm. you know so, some of the work i do in you know now because i have to be a, a jack of all trades is just try and set up your own business like some days i do sit here and go you know playing on canva does not set my soul alive to try and Mm -hmm. make some marketing material the way that teaching would but the conversations that i get to have and all those things and and equally even in teaching like let's face it there are still bits of the job that also don't set our souls alive so
3: (laughs) yeah
6: it's just being an adult isn't it really
1: yeah yeah yeah, what, what, what would you say? Like, are there? Could you put a list together of options after teaching, or is it more a personal kind of journey? Because I know, like, I, I for sure have Google. I sorry, I for sure have googled it at times, and I've been like, oh my god, I don't want to do with my class. Like, I need, I need something different. And you Google it, and you get a lot of like, you can be a tutor. I'm like, oh, that's still teaching. <laughs> um, yeah
6: yeah um i would say there are definitely um people who've got their whole businesses now that are designed to sort of show how um skills are transferable and mm-hmm. some some even post jobs and and sort of suggest that these are jobs that would su- uh, suit transferable uh, mm-hmm. teaching skills and mm-hmm. um, what i would encourage people to do is just actually go back to your, your drawing board of what is what is your actual like dream job to do like what yeah. can you do that that because because you, you're taking away a job that means so much in, in mm-hmm. most people's cases yeah that it just jumping onto any old job isn't isn't going to bring you the happiness that you're probably looking for mm. um so research of that you know talk to your friends um and 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 you know what do their friends do what do their and yeah. stuff was massive i literally mm. i call i called it the uh, real world discovery when i <laughs> <laughs> was yeah. and i just <laughs> asked people you know who do you know what do you do what does that mean because yeah. ev- everything is different as well like once you get to the stage where you start to apply for jobs the, mm. you know like when you tell people that a teaching interview happens in a day or, or mm-hmm. two days and yep. then you find out on the day like people's yeah. minds are absolutely yeah. blown i um, i just
1: moved i just moved to schools and my my old uh, boyfriend was like and went oh, i so difficult because when do you go for the interview and you don't want to say anything because you know you might not get it and he's like we'll just mm-hmm. go off to school and i was like no i have to teach a class that i've
6: never met <laughs> yeah. and uh, yeah um so yeah, yeah, it's just <laughs> you know doing your research on what kind of jobs there yeah. are, what you might want to do, mm-hmm. um, what you know what that entails, but also having your own boundaries of okay, I'm I'm leaving this job that, you know, has this very set timetable. You know, do I need mm-hmm. a job with that level of structure, mm-hmm. or is the yeah. thing I'm looking forward to actually yeah. you know something totally different? certainly um you know back in i remember you know the first few weeks of september and like my mm-hmm. calendar was pretty empty mm-hmm. and just sort of looking at it and realizing like it is my job to fill that no yeah. no time <laughs> be, magically appear um, <laughs> for me and <laughs> and tell me what i do at each
1: no time. science at two o'clock
6: <laughs> yeah and it was yeah. like wow so there was this real mindset shift that i had to to go on to, mm. to find, you know, different ways mm-hmm. um, of, of existing, really, because I've just yeah, been yeah. used to things That's being so true. for yeah. me.
1: It's such a highly structured day. And actually, like Paul just said, there's literally not enough hours in the day to complete all the tasks asked of you, and like, and even enjoy yourself as you should. And yes. like you're so right, it's such a highly structured day. And I guess for some people to leave that would actually be quite scary maybe yeah
6: definitely and and again that's that's really that it, it's leaving teaching was is a self-awareness journey you, you know yes. i didn't actually realize like i thought i hated being told what to do but it turns out that, like, <laughs> you need it i need someone to plan my day for
1: me
6: <laughs> yeah um, can someone give me a planning template please? <laughs> yeah, so it's 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 definitely it's yeah, it's definitely a um self-discovery definitely happens, that's for sure. Yeah.
1: Um
6: sure. and and it's really hard to change your thinking because mm. you, you're I don't I think institutionalized is too too extreme of a word, but we mm. are you know limited in our thinking because we only think you know the way that we do as a teacher or we only think the way that that sort of school has sort of conditioned us to to a certain extent so there is mm, some yeah un, unlearning to do yeah. um, and to to rediscover who you are as mm. as you
1: and probably how like how do you work best mm. because I think like you say we fit into the school we are in and each school does, the, does it a little bit differently. Uh, each cohort is a little bit different and you always have to fit yourself to get the best out of people and someone said to me once you know TAs aren't going to change for you, you have to change the way you work to get the best out of them and then would you say that if you're going into a life after teaching you have to think well what's the best way to get the best of me almost?
6: yeah definitely i I think it's allowing your you know it it's allowing yourself to go on that um learning learning space Mm. you know essentially Mm -hmm. if you link it to the start of your show when you talked about the support that Mm. you know early career teachers have you know essentially Mm -hmm. if you're moving career you're starting yes the beginning yeah you know um you can go Mm -hmm. into you know a new world of jargon and you know every everybody knows this and i don't know it and and Mm -hmm. you you can have your confidence rocked in that kind of way um so it it takes it takes bravery definitely it takes finding the the wayfinders the people that have done it before that you Mm -hmm. can reach out and i think one of the things that has really surprised me um is how much you know strangers will actually help you like linkedin has been amazing okay. um which is something that i never would have thought <laughs> ever, as a teacher um yeah. To even go on there. yeah absolutely um, I, yeah yeah and and you, you find communities of whether that's you know other people that have left teaching whether it's other people that are doing the job that you're doing um mm-hmm. And yes, you know, people will offer you your time. Obviously, it's really, you know, be careful with how much time you just take off people for free because they're yeah. trying to run their businesses or you know, whatever. And also be careful that, you know, people don't sense that you're maybe a bit vulnerable and they mm. sell you anything. To mm-hmm. So it's, you know, keep those teacher, teacher skills, the evaluation, the mm-hmm. sense of judgment, all of those things will help you you navigate your way Mm -hmm. through yeah but i found support and communities in in different places that when i first started this journey i didn't even know
1: existed that's probably quite a big thing because i know for me like i have facebook but i don't use it the only thing i use it for are teachers teacher communities Mm -hmm. do people feel a bit lost in that respect when they leave teaching do you think
6: you're not a part of
1: something anymore
6: there's certainly a few conversations that I've had um and and in a a way it does come back to that identity piece of Mm. you know if I'm not a teacher you know who am I where do I fit into and Mm -hmm. you know for me like in the coaching world um, there's a few different communities that I'm part of, so um, Educators Coaching Academy, Collective Ed, different things where that gives me a place to go, um, and there are so many teachers that have transitioned. Like on Tuesday, mm-hmm. I went for a coffee. Uh, and with um, a guy who runs a tutoring business and we've just sat in Costa Coffee on a Tuesday just like <laughs> we just that's a Tuesday afternoon and, yeah um, like, we decided to do this and yeah. it counts as work um, <laughs> so you know you you networking if you, yeah if you look yeah. you will find you will find a community and and if you sort of what i found is if you reach out to you know people even if you're still in teaching if you you know I'm interested in this you know, mm. they won't say oh well you can't come in here I, I found the sense of community outside of teaching more inclusive than, than oh, inside wow. really why, why is that I think that teaching can be quite hierarchical and competitive mm. at times yeah and, and those inquiries are, are sometimes met with a little bit of mistrust unfortunately um, mm-hmm. and obviously that's not all places and not all teachers but I think that like I, I cannot think of a negative interaction really where I've reached out for help um, you know so far on this and, and mm-hmm. maybe I'm just really lucky
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess there's probably a sense of relief in the communities that you're in Whereas the the teacher communities, it's like a a sense of, please help me. (laughs) Yeah,
6: (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, you're right. And I I was thinking about what you said um, about the ECT framework (laughs) um, (laughs) and the impact of that on, on the trainee teachers. And actually one of the one of the big factors of me actually finally deciding to leave was that mentoring had been one of the biggest joys of my whole career. And I'd done it for different universities, different, Mm -hmm. you know, done it for Teach First, done it for the skits. So I'd done it for a range of different um, teacher training methods. And then when the ECT framework came in, uh, one, it's the two years, which Mm. I I think I don't actually um, necessarily have a problem with, but it's that, Teacher's free time, you know, no mentor is paid for that work. It's not recognised yeah. on your timetable. Yeah. And then the way the framework came in, it was very much, you know, you talk about these things at this time, and mm-hmm. it took away the professional decision making. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you know, it made it took away for me. It took away the joy of mentoring, and and it was like, if this, you know, my time's not recognised. I have two ECTS, different stages and they, they they were both wonderful they, they themselves I really enjoyed supporting but the actual system took that autonomy away and it, it was like well what what is the point of me having all this skill if I have to use it a certain way yeah and, and that was a real key point that professional decision making seemed to be becoming less even mm-hmm. though I was becoming more experienced it it it
1: made no mm-hmm. sense to me yeah i kind of wanted to end on a tweet that i saw i had to scroll through your your sorry not tweet your an x <laughs> um i wanted to like touch on it 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 said uh, don't let monday steal your sunday i i love uh... a bit of I, I love a good rhyme <laughs> but also i'm sure it talks to a lot of teachers don't let Monday steal your Sunday. And like I, I used to work shift work because I used to do hospitality, and I never understood that Monday dread because like my Monday could feel like my Thursday, you know. But I, at times in my teaching career, I have understood it. Yeah. um How can how can you do that? Like uh, yeah, How in teaching <laughs> or out of teaching? I guess uh, if so you're on if teaching... you're on that verge, that fence of you know. like Monday is stealing my Sunday and I want out how can you kind of you know
6: stay in Sunday yeah I think everything really comes down to those boundaries and Mm. you know having to say you know no like this is so if, if you're prepared to do work on on that day because you feel that you have to or whatever, then what is the absolute time limit that you are going to give that and, and that is it? And if it's not done, then it isn't done. And mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. that way of of um putting those boundaries in for yourself. It's also like what is it that you can do that you can enjoy in that in that time frame. So that you know that there's something that you've looked forward to that's going to give you rest that's going to rejuvenate you in in whatever way and that will be different for each you know person listening Mm -hmm. um but I think the one thing that you know I would say for And it's really difficult for me because the last thing I actually want to do is say to every teacher, like, leave the profession. You know, like, that's that's not really what I would want to be known for. But, you know, I can only speak from personal experience, which is of having my evenings back, of having my weekends back. It's absolutely, you know, really made me happy made me feel well made me feel human and and what really the the vision is is that every teacher should feel the way I do I shouldn't have had to leave the profession to feel like this and and you know that's the revolution that I want to be part of yeah yeah I think yeah it, it's Sunday night is a tough
1: one for teachers isn't it
6: yeah and it's really I think for me, one of the the I think it's also important. That I say that not everything is rosy on the other side. You know, there yeah, are, absolutely. There are yeah, there are sure. things that are frustrating. There are, mm. you, know, um, you know, some people take pay cuts. All those different things. Um, mm. So you know, it's not like there's never a challenge or there's never a frustration yeah. or never a bad day. You know, it's. Yeah. But I remember seeing the. You know, being on X the Sunday night, everyone was going back to school, and it was just relentless tweet, tweet after or X after mm, after another. Yeah. The, you know, how yeah. long is it till no, the, no. the holidays? Or yeah. and and it and it it you know really it, a made me sad, but it b just yeah. made me so grateful that I found something inside myself to go right. I am I am not accepting that that is my life anymore yeah
1: I think that's it it's a bit of mindset isn't it um
6: oh, hugely I, yeah
1: I, I don't want that to be my life and I think you can stay in teaching and have that mindset And I think it can work and I think you can also leave teaching and have the mindset as well um I think it probably works both ways
6: yeah definitely there's a, a middle leader that I work with um in coaching and was a couple but one of them really sticks out at this moment just because we have have done a lot of work on you know putting those boundaries in place doing the vision thinking like you know in that coaching space that means that they can you know say like that's when i've done that these are the things i'm going to follow up and go and do and and it mm-hmm. means that it's not consuming all that other time because it, it's thought about and planned and done in in that space yeah so it, yeah finding a way or finding a a system or a routine that mm. that suits is is massive but yeah. the challenge is that you always think your to-do list is more important than you yeah that's absolutely
1: I think that's a great place to kind of to summarize and like wind it up and uh, I think I'm gonna like end it off with uh, yeah don't don't let monday steal your sunday i think that's a a great place to leave it so thank you so much for coming on stephanie and i'm sure like it'll help a lot of teachers who are just feeling on that fence of do i go walk walk back into the classroom or do i walk out the gate kind of thing so um thank you very much i really appreciate it
6: no problem thank you for the opportunity and good luck to all those teachers out there that that are making that decision thank you thank you very much no problem Bye. so
1: thanks for listening in if you listened live uh, if you're downloading it thank you very much for the download uh i'm just going to summarize we talked about, you know, be those role models for the children, I think the qualifications are still really important to get into teaching. If you're looking at getting out, like uh, Stephanie said, find someone independent to talk to see what is kind of real world discovery, see what is out there, assess your options. um, Know that you can have a you can change your mindset and you can really try and make sure that Monday does not steal your Sunday. And yeah, be brave. It's a tough profession, but it's really rewarding. And just, I think I'm going to leave it off with just try and have fun with the kids. Just have fun with them. We're all teaching children, no matter the age. So uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening in. And I will see you in two weeks' time. And the next show is tomorrow, I believe. Yes, the next Teachers Talk Radio show is tomorrow. Uh, we've also been at Bet all week while it's been happening. I think there's another BET tomorrow, so there will be a live show from BET if you'd like to catch up with all the technology information for the week. So thank you once again for listening in and I hope you have a lovely rest of your evening.
0: You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org.